Long days and pleasant nights to all y'all. Um, this week's guest is Cassandra Alvoid. I finally say it right now in the post-production part of the process. Um, we talk about addiction and her growing up and a bunch of really cool music stuff. Um, I cannot express how delightful she was to have in the room. And I hope to have her back on. I'm going to let you enjoy both she and me kick ass at this song and get some folk music up in your ear holes. I'll be back later. She'd be long and tall and move her body like a So, I'm going to adjust the mic. That's going to be in the podcast. Great. <laughs> um, so, I'm here with Cassandra... Say it again. Alvord. Alvord. Okay. Like all... <sighs> Sounds like Popeye's girlfriend. Um, <laughs> uh, and they're uh, a local musician. Um, do you do anything besides music? Uh, music and work constantly work constantly so <laughs> just the the one yes okay well that's cool um so uh, are you from new york originally or what i'm from the buffalo rochester area halfway between and a little cow town that nobody's ever heard of unless if you're from western new york okay uh called covington covington and there's about i think 1200 people the last census in 2010 <laughs> literally more cows than people <laughs> everybody knows everybody if you did something wrong ten years ago, they're still going to talk about it tomorrow. Yeah. Very that nice. That kind of small town. Awesome. Um, so, uh, what what brought you out here? Did you come here for school or just on a whim? Uh, I was dating somebody that wanted to go to school out here, and I kind of just took that as a, sure, I'll join you. Okay. Uh, I wanted to play music in New York, and I was really sick of playing the same venues over and over again. Mm-hmm. And it's like probably three folk venues in Buffalo slash Rochester. Uh-huh. And you see the same people and it's very stagnant. <laughs> and there fair. was no room for progression or learning anything. I felt like I hit a brick wall, so it was time to time to move on. Yeah, that makes uh, sense. So it's been five years now that I've been oh. in New York. 
That's awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, that was my next question, so now I have to think of something else. Um, uh, so how, how, how was music always um, in, in the home? Or? It was. Okay. Um, my mom was a singer and my dad was a musician. He played guitar, bass, keys. Mm -hmm. um, they both played in the church. So I was raised in the church playing music with them. Okay. And whatever we did at home, which was always like, you're going to learn how to harmonize because that's what mom does. <laughs> so you're going to listen to Crosby, Sills, and Nash until your ears bleed. <laughs> which, not mad about it. It could be worse. Yeah. But. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, and was, uh, did religion have a big influence on you growing up? Uh, as a kid, yeah. It was, we were in the church about five days a week. Wow. Because my parents were very active in the church. My mom was on the worship team as well as my father. Mm -hmm. So it was, if you aren't there being a part of the worship team, you're there doing volunteer work, you're cleaning, mm -hmm. you're making bulletin boards, you're fixing something. Yeah. But we were always, always at the church. Mm -hmm. uh, my mom was a heavy believer in doing the discipleship part of Christianity, mm -hmm. of just doing her part mm -hmm. more than most. Okay. So we were always there. What, uh, what denomination? Pentecostal. Crazy tongue speakers. Oh, very nice. It's <laughs> the discipleship thing, yeah. Yes. Go and make yeah. disciples of all nations. Yes. Um, you keep using the past tense um, for your parents. Mm -hmm. Are they around? Um. <laughs> <laughs> like, are they, like, that's not a great way of saying yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> well, my dad, he's... They got divorced when I was about eight. All right. Uh, and he lives either in Kentucky? I think it's Kentucky. Uh, and then my mom and my stepfather just sold their house, and now they're off traveling the U.S. for X amount of time. They got a camper, and we're like, fuck it, we're okay. gone. That's, that's a very reasonable... <laughs> we're taking the dog and leaving. That's a very Done. level-headed, reasonable decision to make. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, that's fair. Uh, and did that... Hmm. It's going to be like a very general stereotypical question, but I'm still going to say, did that impact you and make you want to go into the arts, like that, the separation, that? Yeah, it was kind of the only outlet yeah. that I had. It mm. was it was just me and my brother and my mom at that point, once the dad left home, and it was always around. So I was mm. like, well, singing makes me happy, I'm going to just keep doing that, <laughs> Push whatever that may be. Mm -hmm. And it started with just singing the church songs, because that's all I knew. Mm -hmm. And then started making friends in school that weren't from church, which was finally past due. <laughs> and started listening to more and more things and mm -hmm. just kept going from there and found myself in the folk. Yeah. And um, found myself the most. Right on. Um, how, uh, uh, what people did you start with, musician-wise, like, pulling from? Oh, man. I guess started with... Like I said before, like Crosby, Sells, and Nash, mm -hmm. Neil Young, mm -hmm. The Doors. Uh, One of these things is not like <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mom was a huge Doors fan, so it was just always on. Excellent. Um, I guess that's where the poetry and yeah. the writing came in. And then the singing came from everybody else. Yeah, um, God, these chairs. <laughs> um, and then from there, I just became got really into emo music. Right on. Like you do. <laughs> I get that. Emo and ska I feel like... uh, was like a big part of growing up and like started playing a lot of that. Right on. Um, 
feel like everyone in our age group had that period where they went through just like, oh, this, I yeah. feel this. Like, <laughs> and if they say they didn't, they're, they're a liar. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you love brand new for at least a year of your life. <laughs> everyone has, has worn eyeliner in my yes. tenor. At least, at least twice. It, yes. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So, um, out of the, the, the emo music, what, what ones did you primarily listen to there? Brand new. Uh, <laughs> Taking Back Sunday. Excellent. Uh, Glassjaw, mm-hmm. Every Time I Die, which kind of like touched a little bit more mm-hmm. on the hardcore, I guess. Yeah, right on. Uh, trying to think who else. Bright Eyes. That's all I can really okay. think of. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> like, it, it's interesting because you like look like someone who would be really into those music, just yeah. like your parents, but like, and then you play this like really dope ass fucking folk music and it's like, what? <laughs> uh, that, that, that uh, discord is excellent. Yeah, um, yeah. But, um, so I'm, I, I'm just really curious because I was lucky enough to have parents that didn't get divorced, even though like, fine either way, whatever, people adjust. So like coming from that experience, like did you split you 50-50? Did did they do parent trap where one kid, it's so fucked up where one kid goes with the one parent and the other the other? Um, or, no, actually, it was a really weird situation. Uh, my mom was working full time, and it was just my brother and I home. My brother's eight years older than me, and before my mom went back to work, she had like this babysitting service, so it was always a house full of kids everywhere. And when she went back to work, my dad kind of took over. And that's when the drug abuse and alcohol abuse on his part started. Mm-hmm. Um, and we didn't really know what to do about it. Uh, and then all of that kind of abuse turned physical towards my brother. And when I started noticing that, I was like, wait, this is this is not a good guy. Is he touching you but not me? Oh, because uh-huh. you're not his kid. Because my, my mother had been married previously. I see. Had my brother. They divorced. Married my dad. Pretty uh-huh. sure it was a shotgun wedding. Oh, uh, I see. <laughs> Because um, they fucking hated each other. Oof. But, uh, yeah, he got physically abused with my brother. Then I started sticking up for him. Then the abuse was turned on to me. And then after a while, he was just so out of it on pills and whatever it may be at the time. He started hating the kids that they were babysitting. And that's oh. when me and my brother finally were just like, all right, enough. Yeah. Uh, spoke up. Uh, told Ma when she got home from work. She... Immediately was like, all right, fuck you. Uh, makes him sleep out on the couch, and then he once again faked an injury to try to get her attention, and was like, all right, you want to you want to get a get, go to the hospital? Let's let's get you up to the driveway, which our driveway was about. I mean, I was a kid, so I'm gonna say it was like a quarter mile long. It was probably yeah. not that big, <laughs> yeah. but I was like eight years old, yeah. so everything is massive. Yeah. Um, made him walk to the end of the driveway, dropped him off the hospital, never talked to him again, uh, huh. and then. They tried to split the custody, but obviously... That's not good. That's, yeah, <laughs> not healthy. Uh, in, the, in the beginning, I had to go to his house every other weekend, but I was just not having it. Uh, and went that. back to the courts and was like, nope, I just want to be with mom and the brother. Mm-hmm. And then it was kind of just our us three musketeers after that for quite a while. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I keep learning something new every day. Um, and how... This, how has that, do you think, like, impacted relationships that you've had, not just, like, romantic, but, like, how you, you 
think you trust people less, or do you oh, think... Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and you, I would yeah. imagine you have, like, a problem with authority as well, just, yeah. Just a little. Ein bisschen, ja. Okay, that I, would, I would imagine. Um, and so, uh, you seem like you're pretty self-aware then, and mm. then what are the steps that you take? Because I would imagine that would be a tremendous amount of anxiety dealing with people. What steps do you yeah. take to combat that? Um... Well, it used to be alcohol. I just get really drunk, and then I could talk to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like, "We're all friends." Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but past the shallow relationships with people, I guess it would just either play music with them or try to just I don't know talk about shit that we both care about, I guess, and okay. see where it goes from there. And if we can carry on a conversation more than five minutes about something, then all right, maybe it's worth delving into. That's fair. That's yeah. Fair. Okay. Um, but I am very selective with people that I surround myself with. I would uh, imagine. Mainly because of that. Like, the trust issues. It's like, well, how long until you fuck me over? Yeah. Or how long until I fuck you over? I'm not the... I'm not the <laughs> I can be an asshole. Yeah. But, it, okay. yeah. Um. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> Sorry. Just trying to compile my thoughts. Um, and you mentioned that, uh... You don't drink anymore, and then no. how did like? I'm sure there were a lot of reasons, but uh, how did that actually? Did you put your foot down, as it were? Uh, it was pretty much just the last time I blacked out in my mind. I was yeah. like going pretty hard on the booze after a pretty bad breakup mm-hmm. for about five months, yep. just blacking out every day. I didn't give a fuck anymore. I was just working every day. And if I wasn't working, I was drinking, and then the drinking bled into work, and I just I just stopped giving a shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't writing, I wasn't seeing friends, I wasn't playing music, I wasn't taking care of myself at all. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sleeping, nothing. I was just drinking, and that's it. Um, and the last night that I drank was kind of a little bit of a wake-up call. I was out just to go get brunch at like 2 in the afternoon, and... Didn't even want to drink that day. I was like, I'll just have... Which me not drinking means yeah. I'm going to have like two or three. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was like, let me just get a double tequila orange juice for yep. brunch today and I'll be mm-hmm. fine. And then I'm going to go home and be productive. Mm-hmm. Well, it was my friend's last day working, so that was my excuse to stay and yeah. get hammered. And everybody else that I wanted to drink was, was, was there and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Uh, I don't remember the last two to three hours of the night. Uh, and we ended up going to another bar that I don't remember at all. Mm-hmm. And I had hit my head pretty hard and had cuts and bruises and scrapes all over. Like, I have some gnarly scars. Um, And I don't remember a damn thing. Yeah. And I was supposed to go into work around one to help a new employee close and was too drunk and I overslept. Mm -hmm. Uh, So about three in the morning, woke up and was like, where the fuck did the day go? Mm -hmm. Like, I just lost so much time. Like, I don't remember anything from... 5 p.m. to now. I don't ever want to feel like this again. Yeah. I feel like garbage. I, I'm i angry. I'm more depressed than I've ever been. And I thought that the booze was helping. And if anything, it just made everything worse. And I just, in that moment, I was just like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I, I can't keep going on like this because I'm going to kill myself. No. Like with the alcohol yeah. and whatever. I mean, I don't know. It could have gone anyway, you know? It was, it was just spiraling down. And I had been 
a very heavy drinker, uh, probably since 16. Wow. Um, it, it just always was an escape for me. It was a s extreme social lubricant because mm -hmm. I have such anxiety talking with people if I'm not under some substance. How are you doing right now? <laughs> Fine now. <laughs> uh, doing, doing all right yeah. right now. Uh, but it, especially in like large social settings, oh, I'm yeah. just like that. Yep. That one tensed up in the corner, yep. just like holding a book, pretending that I'm reading, but I can't focus on anything mm -hmm. except breathe in, breathe in, <laughs> out. And if somebody comes towards you, just act like a huge bitch. They like, don't talk to you. <laughs> um, so I always used that. And people are like, oh, you're so social. You're so nice. You're yeah. so funny. I'm like, I am not at all. <laughs> I don't even know how we're friends. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I always used it for that and, and an escape and just to deal with everything. Like, mm -hmm. I'm happy. I'm going to get drunk. I'm sad. I'm going to get drunk. Yep. I'm angry. I'm going to get drunk. And it yep. was just, I, I just wasn't a person anymore and decided that I needed to get back in touch with who I am and who I want to be and forget about who I was because that person just needs to go away Yep. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and move forward from that. And it's, it's been faring pretty well so far. Yeah? I'm about 20-something days. I don't know the exact number okay. at this point. Um, oh. My last drink day was May 16th. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, that'll be yeah. 20, 21. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yep. So, but in the beginning, it was it was hard just because stopping a habit like that. Yeah. It... it, it will make you go crazy mm -hmm. I was out of my head constantly I didn't know what to do and mm -hmm. I ended up having this prior engagement to perform mm -hmm. <laughs> that I had booked weeks prior yeah and I was like yeah sure it, I'll be fine yeah I was like I've never performed sober before Ooh, that's new Ooh. <laughs> yep. okay so get up on stage and was like that's a totally different person singing i don't even know what i'm doing i'm shaking so bad and mm -hmm. i forgot the words to a song that i've been playing for about five years wow <laughs> because i was just so in my head like what am i doing who's looking at me what are they thinking mm -hmm. i was like all right learning relearning how yeah. to literally do everything mm -hmm. all over again makes sense yeah um do you have the thing like i i'll be playing and I'll be singing, and I'll be singing something, and thinking something completely different. Yeah. And like, I'm like, God, I hope I'm not singing what I'm thinking. Because <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. Right, right. Yeah, because I just stopped paying attention to myself for, for five seconds. Um, and it's like when you drive, too, and you black out uh, while you're driving, just because you're zoned out. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, wait, how did I get here? Yeah. We're in this part of the song. What was okay. I singing? Hope it wasn't about butts. Cause that's what I, was like. <laughs> <laughs> I do think about butts a lot, yeah. <laughs> Big fan of Nicki Minaj, let yes. me tell you. Um, <laughs> um, and do you think you, because of, do you think you have a genetic predisposition as well, not just like a coping mechanism? And follow up to that, that's a two-part question. Second part is um, when you did, uh, they're coming for me. Um, every time, every time. Um, but uh, when you did stop drinking, did you, were the withdrawal symptoms just psychological, or did you, like, was it hardcore enough where you got, like, the shakes and shit? Uh, so the first part of the question was... Genetic predisposition. Genetic, yes. No. Uh, huge, addictive mm. personality, and I believe that stems from my father. Okay. That makes uh, sense. 
he was a huge addict, which I didn't really recognize until I was older. I was like, oh, mm. that's what was happening. <laughs> I understand now. Mm-hmm. Um, Clarity and wisdom of years. Yeah. And I saw it in my brother as well. It's just once we find something that we like, we just keep doing oh, it because yeah. it works. And mm. it's like, well, I, I do this much, but now I need a little bit more yeah. and a little bit more. And it's never, never enough. Yeah. And that's, I guess, when the becomes a problem yeah I um, was talking to myself uh, about this the other day and it was like there's no pleasure that I have not exhausted like mm. someone be like I, I look at people who go oh, I'll just have a beer at the work they have one beer and then they go home I'm like I want five if I yeah. have one <laughs> exactly and it's just ugh. like I'll like go for it's, there's a Mark Maron does the great ice cream bit um, in one of his specials and it's similar of like I'll get a pint of ice cream and be like, I'll eat half and then set the rest. I'm a bitch, you know you're gonna eat the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Like it it spends to everything. It's not just one part yeah. now. It's it's everything. It's yeah. like, well, I'm only gonna smoke half this pack of cigarettes today. Well, now I'm a pack and a half through and it's only ten at night. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God Why not? damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. But yeah. yeah. Um and so the second was like, uh the after the withdrawal yeah. was both physical and psychological. Yeah. Um, first, definitely physical. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was shaking a lot. Like, a lot. And it probably didn't disappear until day six, day seven. Um, my anxiety was through the roof. I couldn't talk to anybody without saying fuck every two words. Yeah. Because it was just, like, shaking so much and just so jumpy. And I was like, I don't know how to deal with this. I want to drink but I'm not going to, mm-hmm. um, shook a lot, um, was like getting like cold sweats and that I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat anything except candy mm-hmm. because when you stop drinking, all you want is sugar. Yep. Apparently. So <laughs> that's all I ate was like, let's get some chocolate covered peanuts because yep. <laughs> there's protein, right? Mm-hmm. I'm getting something. Yep. Uh, peanut M and M. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever I'm in an airport, it's either that or Snickers because like they yep. have something in it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Oof. Uh, and then as far as the emotional, like I said, the anxiety, uh, serious depression wave. Yeah. Right in the beginning, and and you know some days are better than others. Of course. Like with anything. Um, mm-hmm. But definitely in the beginning, it was it it got pretty grim, and that's when I just decided to start documenting everything and I just pulled out a notebook awesome. and started writing down every day how I felt when I felt it why I felt it yeah and then just kept going with that mm-hmm. so now I constantly am that person with a notebook in hand and I like being that person yes, <laughs> I'd rather be a person with a notebook in hand other than like a beer and three shots in hand agreed, agreed. <laughs> and um you said you're you're doing AA and yeah. well so it's not so second A anymore Right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so you're going through that program, and then are you also doing anything else? Like, are you going to a therapist or anything? Or just no, the one? I just, so the, the AA, it's an agnostic AA, which is great, because it's yeah. like, no God allowed. Okay. Which, really need that, because I, I find it really frustrating where they're like, you had an addiction, get addicted to God. It's the only <laughs> thing that's going to help you through this. You can't do this on your own, yeah. even though you made these decisions yourself. You have to. Rely on a higher power. Mm-hmm. I don't, sorry, Sky Daddy, but I don't believe in you. Sky uh, <laughs> Daddy? Oh, this sounds like a terrible rapper's name. 
Name Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. It, it's great. It's just, it's a big group of drunks just talking about their day and mm -hmm. talking about the common struggle and it's great. I, I just do it once a week and I don't, I don't feel like I need it mm -hmm. at all by any means. And there's no steps or anything. It's just getting together and talking about it, which is great. Yeah. And I really do appreciate it. I am the youngest person in the group by about 10 years uh -huh. uh, and also one of three females. So mm -hmm. that's interesting, uh, but it's cool. I like it a lot. It, it's definitely giving me something to keep myself in check. And it's like, because the first day that I stopped drinking, I went to that AA group. So it's like every week it's like, all right, I did it again. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to keep doing this because mm -hmm. if I don't, then it's going to be like, well, I mm -hmm. have this free time now yep. on really? my one day off. So let's just go for it. Yeah. And I'm just, I, I don't want to find myself in that place. And it's, it's good to talk to other people. It's, my favorite part about it is sitting in a group of people and having somebody way across the room say something that you're already thinking. Yes. And it's like, we're, oh, we're going through the same shit right now. <laughs> Let's talk. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. And I would imagine as well it would be like a good a benchmark. So, like, yeah. if you don't show up a week, they're going to be like, where was Cass? Mm hmm And then they're going to kind of hold you accountable to that, and you yeah. don't want that. Which exactly. Which is great. Um funny how peer pressure can be a good thing and a bad thing. Exactly. You know, I was just talking about this with my friend that I just did a shoot with. He was like, well, just don't go tomorrow. I was like, if I don't, they're going to think I died or started drinking and I yep. don't want yep. that. <laughs> I need to prove. <laughs> I need to keep coming back every week. Mm -hmm. Very much so. Um, so jumping topics completely. Yes. Um, I noticed on your profile on Facebook. You identify as genderqueer, is mm -hmm. that correct? I have no idea what that means, and could you please explain <laughs> that to a cis white male what that yes. means? Um, it's pretty much, I just, I don't, personally for me, it's the gender roles, whether it be man or woman, mm -hmm. are just so outdated. Yeah. And it's extremely frustrating. It's like, you are a girl. This is how you're supposed to act. This is how you're supposed to look. This is mm -hmm. what you're supposed to do. And I just, even as a kid, never liked that. Mm -hmm. I was I was the girl who wore their older brother's clothes because Dope. it was like, nah. <laughs> but also wore a skirt with my brother's Nine Inch Nails t-shirt with like really high <laughs> converse. Like it made no sense. But like, I just, I don't believe in you were born with these parts so you need to act this way. Okay. Um, therefore I don't, uh, one day I can be all decked out wearing a bodysuit and makeup and then the next day I can be wearing whatever the fuck I want. And it doesn't matter what your gender is or what you identify with. And I guess that goes with my sexuality as well, being a pansexual, which yep. same thing where you don't see gender mm -hmm. or anything. It's just, if we're, you're a person, we have a connection. It doesn't matter anything else. Yeah. Like, let's go for it. Right on. Um, and it's, I, I didn't even know what it was for a long time. And I still don't think I have the best understanding of it. This is just my own personal understanding of it. Yep. Um, it's just more fluid than anything yeah. out there. And it makes the most sense to me personally. Uh, not to identify with something and just be a person. Just because, like, throughout either family or romantic relationships, it was always like, well, why aren't you more ladylike? Why, why do you have to belch so much? Why do you have to swim so much? Why, 
why do you have to have your hair so short or whatever? And I was like, but what does that even mean? What What is ladylike? Yeah. I'm like, don't you, especially in, in romantic relationships, I always found that really funny, especially after like, you're like, why don't you be more ladylike? It's like, wait a second. Yeah, you're yeah. dating me for a year and now you have a problem. Yeah. So you obviously thought that there was going to be some sort of change, change. and that's not cool. Yeah, I am not uh, a big fan of when people give ultimatums or no. that sort of thing no. in relationships. Um, it, and for me personally, it just makes me kick and scream harder more against yeah. them. I'm just going to dig my heels in and be even worse. And exactly. It's like, oh, you want me to be more ladylike? Let me show no, you. <laughs> I'm not going to shave for a month, thank yes. you. And you're going to have to be okay with that. Yeah. I'm going to still expect the same, you know, exactly. treatment. <laughs> thank you. And if you don't, I will take it personally. Yeah. <laughs> being such a bitch yeah. <laughs> uh, well I agree with everything you've said there like I've also like never given a shit about like what what it really means to be masculine my my um my theory is specifically in regards to masculinity is if you identify as male no matter what you do is therefore masculine even if that, you know, is taking it in the pooper by an, an, another guy. In fact, maybe that's the most masculine thing you can do yes. because there are two men involved. Yes. <laughs> like, it's, it's that kind of thing. Like, it doesn't matter. Just do whatever you're going to do. And it, are you a shitty person or a good person? Those are the only kind of people, really. Yeah. Yeah. And now I'm kind of going on a tangent. I feel like um, good people constantly question whether or not they're a shitty person. Mm -hmm. you, yeah. Like, uh, Absolutely. Like, once again, Mark Maron um, has this thing of, like, I think I'm a good person, but then, but I question it, and why, if I was a good person, wouldn't I just be a good person? I'm like, no, absolutely not. I think people, who, best people are, who go, I'm naturally not a good person, because everyone's selfish, so I'm fighting very hard against that. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah. Um, cool. Cool. Um... So pansexuality, I you you mentioned is like everybody. Everybody you know, no holds bar. No, just whatever. Yeah. And um, does that also incorporate uh, polyamory for you, or is it? Uh, it doesn't really go hand in hand, but I am also. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Touche. Polyamory is pansexual, gender queer. Oh, very, very progressive. Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah, fuck you, society. Essentially, <laughs> I'm going to do my own thing. Thank yes. you. <laughs> Oh, why that? I was like, <laughs> what I think you sound like, but this now. This now, you going to This have... is how I talk. <laughs> yes, I've been talking this away the entire time. You just haven't noticed there's been a filter on the mic. Um, so, what's your um, your songwriting process like? Do you do chords first, words first, both? Uh, it depends. Sometimes it's words first. Sometimes. Okay. Or I'll just be riding my bike around and be like, have this melody stuck in my head and I'll try to write words and then I get home mm -hmm. and I try to play it on guitar but I'm a really shitty guitarist so I'll just sit there for hours trying to find chords to do it so I'll have to change the melody to fit what I actually know on guitar uh -huh. um, and try to make everything go with it. But it's usually more, more often than not words first. Right on. Um, and usually it starts with me journaling and then going on a tangent that'll turn into a song. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's mainly fueled in the past by romantic relationships. 
Fair whether enough. they be in a good point or a bad point. It's the folk um, version of Taylor Swift over here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good lord. Yeah, I'm sorry. I did not mean to insult you so low. <laughs> hey, if the shoe fits. Um, Kick it off. Yeah. Just, just fucking throw it in the garbage and burn it. But no, you just gotta, you just gotta shake it off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um, I knew you were troubled when you walked. <laughs> I think this is where this shit ends. Because if not, like I will play this game. I will play it well. I think that's the only two I know. <laughs> so I'm done. Yeah, it'd be just blank spaces after that. Is that a song? Yeah, that is a song. <laughs> Other people who are listening to this are laughing. Okay. Um, I hope. Either that or groaning. Why not both? Um, but okay. Uh, so, uh, I, had a, I had a question and the notes. So songwriting with... Uh, oh yeah, songwriting. With relationships. Art and stuff. Um, do you also just do poetry or are you primarily like an only yeah. songwriter? No, I... Do poetry as well. That was always a big thing for me as a kid. Yeah. Really loved writing poetry and took classes and on it, and that kind of started the song. I honestly didn't start writing songs until my second year in New York. Okay. Um, I always had a guitar because my dad just gave me one, and I was like, oh. I wrote a song in high school with on just the low E string. And I performed it a lot because I thought it was cool. Very nice. <laughs> Very nice. So that was the extent of my songwriting. Uh, it was one song with my best friend Becky in high school, and we we went for it with that one song. Uh, but then I didn't really try ever again until second year in New York. Well, I might have actually... No, I was still living in the Bronx, so it was the first year. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of just was... I, I didn't know anybody here, mm-hmm. and I felt super alone because I have always had the same like 10 friends growing up and I was like I need to occupy my time with something and yeah. it just started writing a lot when I was either on the train or at work because I had like an hour commute from the city to the Bronx yeah I was like alright I'm gonna go home and like try to teach myself some chords uh, and I, it kind of just went from there so you're entirely self-taught yeah that's dope yeah. me too nice um <laughs> man I had two questions one I thought I'd get to later, and then the other one uh, was about. No, it's gone. So I'm gonna ask the other one. Um, do you think this like I one thing at a time? I'm sure, but uh, do you think you're also gonna give up smoking? Or is that eventually okay. that is the plan? Yep. But I at least need one vice right now. <laughs> I, I feel like, yeah. Like I feel like if you quit. I feel like if you quit drinking and smoking at the same time, you would uh, just become an irritable, anxious oh, asshole, and it'd be it's bad. It's terrible. Yeah. I, I tried it. So this isn't the first time I've tried to give up booze. This uh-huh. is probably attempt number six, but this is the most successful Good. it's ever been. Um, but the last time that I tried it was probably in February. I was like, I'm not going to drink, I'm not going to smoke, mm. I'm not going to smoke weed, mm-hmm. all at once, and it lasted about 48 hours, not even. Yeah, like, <laughs> fuck this. Well, I, I went three days no drinking and about a day and a half of no smoking cigarettes, mm-hmm. and then about 48 hours of no smoking weed, because I just started losing my mind. I get and you. then realized, like, this time around, it was like, all right, one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, this time around, it was the weed and the booze kind of stopped simultaneously. Mm-hmm. I, I tried to smoke one day, and then I just was like, I need a beer. 
locking myself in the room and mm -hmm. not smoking weed anymore because they kind of just always go in the pan together. Okay. Um, so yeah, just cigarettes mm -hmm. and a lot of writing and bike riding. Yeah. And that's about it. There's this <laughs> common thread with everyone, pretty much everyone I've talked to, um, that has anxiety or some sort of hyperactivity in it. We all love bikes. Bikes are dope. Bikes mm -hmm. are so fucking cool. Um, and I think it's just because finally something you can make your body go as quick as your mind is going yeah yeah um i want to get a bike so bad um but my mom every time i mentioned that she's like i don't i don't want you riding in the city apparently she's gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> could you not make your mother worry so much <laughs> but anyway i remember the thing i was gonna say which was um did you go to school or did you just go fuck it i'm going straight out of high school i'm just gonna go do the folk arts thing <laughs> i actually do went to college for two weeks. Two whole weeks? <laughs> two whole weeks. Uh, I was going for, so I, I declared my major as music education because I was told that that was a major that was offered. Okay. Come to find out, first day of classes, that's not a real thing. <laughs> Thank you, Genesee Community College, Batavia, New York, for that. Uh, the only music classes that they had were music appreciation, music theory, and stage sound. Ooh. And I was like, oh, I've been a band geek since I was in fourth grade. This is not going to work for yeah. me. <laughs> like, uh, and within the second week, we were talking about uh, blues standards or something. Yeah. Something like that. And the teacher was just so off. And I was like, you know that's wrong, right? <laughs> She's like, what do you mean? I was like, that's the wrong time. I was like, that's actually all of that is not right. If you're trying to do this, you got to do this, this, and this, and this, and that. And she started arguing with me, and I was like, what? I don't understand. Like, how do you not know what you're teaching? She goes, well, it's been a while. I was like, do you okay, want I'm me done. to teach for I'm you? Done. <laughs> I was like, I'm fucking done. I'm not going to waste my time or my money. Yeah. I'm going to school. Like, I don't even want to be here anyways. I was a horrible, horrible student. Yeah. Up. Can't imagine that, actually. Yeah. I can't imagine you were so, like, Hermione Granger. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, I was... I, Terror. Failed math like three times that they let me take a computers class just so I could get my math credit. Like I was Oof. a terrible student. Oof. So like at that point I was like, I'm not even gonna try to do the other school shit. If I can't even do the one class that I'm here for. Yeah. And enjoy it and learn something new, then what the fuck am I doing with my time? Yeah, totally. Um and I was homeless for the first time at that point as well. I normal 18-year-old shit being rebellious against my parents, oh, yeah. living out of my Saturn wagon in a Walmart parking lot. <laughs> and I was like, yep, you know what? I'm not going back home. I'm just going to go to school and sneak into my friends' houses and take showers and, <laughs> and just do it. Uh, gave up on that. I will give you, you make a lot of bold, decisive choices. <laughs> that is... Fascinating. What would that? What the hell was that like living in a car? I was that girl who came in at like three in the morning in her pajamas in Walmart to brush her teeth in the bathroom and like wash her face. Very <laughs> nice. Very nice. I've seen your kind. Yes. <laughs> um, and yeah, I was that ended almost as quick as that started as well. I would kind of imagine that cannot be comfortable. It, it lasted about a month. Well, that's impressive. Yeah. That is better. I was like, all right, time to go back home. That's longer than I would have. I would have been like, yeah. day two. I've been like, oh, man, I'm bored. Where's the Wi-Fi? Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> See, I was okay with that. We didn't have a computer growing up. Yeah. So, we, like I said, middle of nowhere. We didn't even have internet on our... Like, you couldn't get internet on our road. Not even dial-up. 
Huh. Like, nothing. It's just farm country. It was, like... Fair enough. Yeah. So, I was fine with that. Like, it was pretty much just camping, but even better, because I didn't have to be in a tent. I was like, <laughs> car! No yeah. wind! So dope. Amazing! Yep. Um, but, yeah. Did that, and then started dating this guy, and I had had a crush on him since middle school, and where I was finally of age. Because yeah. <laughs> he was older, and I was like, yes, let's do this. Yeah. So you do something like that. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, please, thank please. you. Please. <laughs> uh, so we went for it, and then just moved to New York together. And then when we broke up, I was right after Sandy. Oh, yeah. And I was homeless again. Boy, for a minute. Who? In Washington Square Park. That was interesting. You just were a hobo in Washington Square Park? Yeah. I lived around, it was like right around the corner from my job. But I was working at Urban Outfitters. Because I nice. super cool. Yeah. <laughs> I like Lionel too. <laughs> um. <laughs> so you're just living in a park? Like what you yeah, were in a box? Yeah, like just on a bench. I would wander around and drink all night until I was too drunk to stand and then just go sleep in the park and then... For like an hour or two, and then just go right back to work on Six and Waverly. It was like, I'm here. Here we <laughs> <Run> go. We <laughs> got my baby wife. I went to the bathroom, washed my face. I'm like, I'm good to go. Um, but I, I, it was like an unexpected breakup. I didn't have any money. I was like, mm-hmm. well, I'm not fucking going back home. Yeah. I refuse. Yeah. Like, I'm here. I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a coworker of mine was like, you can't do that. There's a <laughs> hostel that I know. <laughs> I was like, what? Because it, because it, when we broke up, like, lost all of my friends, all of my contacts, everything. Because we had not known anybody, so the only people we had, we knew together. Yes. Uh, so I lost everyone. They all chose his side because I royally fucked him over. Um, because uh-huh. I'm an asshole. Uh, Everybody but, is <laughs> So it was just like, I didn't have anybody to talk to. I didn't have anybody. I was just like, I'm going to just do this alone. Uh, mm-hmm. So that happened. And then I mo- moved into a hostel. It was a three-bedroom apartment in Bed-Stuy. Bed-Stuy, gonna two, die. Four, eight women. Uh-huh. I was on a bunk bed on top of this girl who's a very homophobic and racist Jamaican lady. That <laughs> must have been awesome. You couldn't have switched beds? Uh, Apparently not. No. I mean, that was the only one available. Oof. Yeah. And at the time I was dating this girl and I kept wanting to bring her over and she was like, I'll get you kicked out. And I was like, I believe you. I'm not going to try to do that. I'm not going to push this subject. (laughs) I was like, okay. So yeah. Did that for about nine months. And then found a place in Park Slope. Did that for a couple years. And then Bed-Stuy. Then moved in with another... I gotta stop moving in with people and dating, because that's just... Yeah, never that, that's works. always trouble. It never works. Yeah, no. It never works. No, no, no. Um, but we had been together for two and a half years at that point, so I was like, yes, this will work. Yeah. This will be great. N- no? You're right. No. Nope. <laughs> uh, cheating and all that kind of stuff was happening, and I found it out mm-hmm. for the 20th time when I finally was like, nope. And then once again, homeless in New York, uh, on my bike out of a backpack, but I at least had friends this time around, okay. so it wasn't bad. It was like couches. Couch Good. homeless. So Good. it wasn't bad. Couch uh, homeless <laughs> And then my last day where I was supposed to go see an apartment ended up getting my bike stolen. Somebody grinded my lock right off and awesome. left it on the pavement for me, and I was like, cherry on the top of the cake for the week. Yep. Fuck 
this. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's been going smooth ever since. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> Almost, it, it, it's a pattern of just, I'm not giving up and I'm not going back to where I came from because it's not worth it. Totally. Really not worth it. You have lived more in those two years that you described than I have in six, I feel like. Well, that's in the course of five years. Okay, okay. That's five years. Five years. Span. Okay. Yeah. Fuck a doodle-doo. <laughs> wow. I was like, oh, well, she's talking about moving. Oh, holy shit. Yeah. Um, so going way back, yes. growing up. Sorry, so, no, 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 no that's great. I love it. <laughs> this is how we operate here. At Tristan Miller's house. <laughs> crushing, <laughs> crushing it. Um, crushing it. Uh, when you're growing up, because you didn't have internet, did you yeah. like just read a shitload, or did you play games, or like... What? I smoked weed a lot. Just and I growing was in up. the woods. Okay. A lot. I, I played in the woods. Like constantly. full Nick Offerman mode. Nature <laughs> yeah. is excellent. Yeah. Look at the leaves yeah. and also the fox. Yes. That's a fox, right? <laughs> that's it. That's awesome in a exactly. way. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, me and my friends, we would get together after school and we would just go fuck around with the woods until it was too dark and then we'd have a fire and then we'd go to our prospective homes or they would most often crash at my place because my mom was like, children yeah please that's awesome. let me take care of you and cook your breakfast in the morning um but yeah no internet i'm actually really glad that i didn't have it because i probably would be on it just as much as i am now mm -hmm. uh, which is way too often uh it got me to go out and wander outside and learned how to hunt and shoot archery and that's super dope build shit yeah. <laughs> what did you hunt deer and okay. turkey very that cool was, like the main thing yeah uh, South Dakotan raised, so yeah. a lot of hunting there too. Yeah. I uh, I never done it myself because I knew like I around age thirteen they're like we can buy you a gun and you can learn to hunt and I was like I know I feel so bad if I killed something that yeah. wasn't accidental or a bug or both. Right. Um, <laughs> so like ugh, no no can't do it. Love venison though it's choice oh, shit. It's so, so good. good. It's so good. Venison jerky oh. all day. Oh, venison sausage. Have, mm -hmm. um, have you been to the diner right by Open Mic? Mm -mm. They have bison burger. Oh, right, you're a vegetarian now. Yes. Oh, fuck. If you ever break that, <laughs> go and get in you one. Where really is this? sick. Um, the, the Kellogg's? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they just have a bison burger. Um, it is so delicious. Nice. And if you ever want to be sick for a day because you ate way too heavy of red meat, do it. That's it will be worth it. <laughs> yeah. Never has anybody suggested Kellogg's as like. A good thing. It's um generally not. It's generally like, oh, you want to go to a diner? Yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, I'm gonna get uh you uh, you I want cheese fries, oh but I want God. you to take American singles and flip it's <laughs> fries. Yes. Delicious. If I could count how many times I passed out face down on a plate of fries there. <laughs> <laughs> and one time it was pickles. <laughs> I just, <laughs> So drunk. I just wanted a plate of pickles. <laughs> and then I woke up to my friends leaving. I was like, you guys were gonna just let me sleep in this pile of pickles. Last sleep in cast lives. She died from drowning in pickle juice. <laughs> And it was like that super horrible moment where I like looked up and was like, where's my friend? And it's just like, pickle spear right on the cheek. I don't know what's the, the tears or what's the 
juice or if it's because of the juice I'm crying. Uh, just don't leave me this way. So that's all I think of with Kellogg's. Not good food. Just no, no bad it's drunk awful. Time. <laughs> it's normally awful, but they do have a bison burger, which is so hard to find around these parts. Yes. Uh, but yeah. See, I've had an elk. My my stepfather, he was a huge hunter. Yeah. So like, like he elk, was a elk huge was hunter. <laughs> he was just a massive man that hunted. Or <laughs> both. Both. Both is good. Both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was always like elk or mm-hmm. turkey, just everything you could think of in the downstairs freezer at all times. And you walk in the living room, it was like a vegetarian's nightmare. Yeah. Uh, you you turn right into the first living room. He he had built the house like 30 something years ago with his friend and whatever big mountain man yeah uh on to the, the left, right you see a fox look at the nature <laughs> yes <laughs> so you walk in on the on the wall right behind you was an elk and then on the right side there was a bass a muley deer a white tail and a moose wait was it a moose oh that sounds wrong yeah. caribou there you go that one yeah it's like bullshit i don't think anyone has ever killed a moose ever <laughs> no it's a caribou mm-hmm. uh and then you go in the other living room and there's turkey just chilling there and i was like this is what <laughs> your life is and i assume these are all taxidermied yeah oh, live well. they're just hanging out yeah just like what's up <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> Well, like, from the neck up. <laughs> that's how they're still on the drywall. Sweetie, sweetie, they're, they're alive. They're just, <laughs> there's compartments. They're sleeping. They're sleeping. <laughs> Very quiet animals, dear. Well, it was terrible. Like, after, when I first stopped eating meat, I went hardcore vegan for, like, two years, and I had gone home to visit, and I slept in the living room and totally forgot that I was back home. Yeah. And I woke up. And I just started screaming because there was these deer over my head. Like, you can't eat us! I'm I'm home where this is normal to have animals staring at you while you're sleeping. It's okay. like the, um, you know, Evil Dead? Have you seen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like that. The, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. It's a... Uh, terrifying actually yeah. i've always thought taxidermy was a bit odd like i understand for, like museums and shit mm-hmm. but yeah no it's what are you too doing much. we had a neighbor too growing up that had a game room specifically just for his taxidermy no one <laughs> like, like gaston no one's quick like gaston <laughs> I, what is it i use antlers and all of my decorating yeah yeah <laughs> That was him. Yep. That. <laughs> like, Even kind of looked like Esso. Yeah? A little bit. Big, burly, bad ponytail. He had shorter hair. So, like, Unabomber really, meets Gaston. But he, so he had this game room, but he also <laughs> loved fucking flowers. Right and on. He, he had, his whole front yard was just flowers, and they had a greenhouse in the backyard as well. That's and, like, awesome. He, was, he cared about his flowers so much, and then just, like, dead <laughs> animals I enjoy looking at all of nature. This is the only way I can enjoy looking at nature. Exactly. Apparently, it's just only Nick Offerman's in your area. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Um, well, I think this has been fun. Yes. I think we're good. Uh, good on time and that sort of thing, specifically with the music. Um, thank you for doing this. I very much appreciate thank it. You. Um, we we do more than one, so if you ever want to come back to have a chat, sure. Um, 
anything like that. Uh, so, thanks. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you again for listening to Positive and Negative. Um, I'm gonna, I, I set up a Patreon account, so you can go there if you like the show and are able to contribute monetarily to my goal of getting some new mics so I sound better um, than I do now, which I know, I just, I didn't think was possible at all, but it's totally possible. Um, and maybe I'll, I'll use it to buy some more chairs too that squeak less. Um, but you can go to patreon.com and type in positive and negative podcast or my name Tristan Miller and you can donate there um this is an original by Cassie uh coming up here and I'm gonna let it play out for the rest of the time because she is so fucking she's great I really like her music uh long days and pleasant nights so oh happy for finally found what I've been looking for Found my best friend I'll love you till the end Even though you drank all my beer And smoked my last cigarette I'll still kiss you after all of it Oh, 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 I wanna do this That's what I want.